This is the Creasecast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to your the to the Creasecast, your Friday edition. Uh, as you may notice, I'm in the Crease Cave right now because while Cody is not here today, even though our Twitter said he would be, that was my bad. Uh, Cody's not obviously not here today, so uh, I have brought in a guest, a on the uh, a very uh, off like impromptu guest invite. Uh, yeah. I've got today. Uh, <laughs> joining me uh, is a is a dear friend of mine from BCIT. Uh, she's in the journalism program with me, and uh, uh, as big a sports person as I know uh angelina mince is here with me today angelina how's it going good how are you hey guys i am doing great this is your first podcast isn't it yes other than like school assignments but i haven't been on like an actual like podcast before right and that's like that was a scripted that was a script like that was not like uh yeah because we we partnered on a project for the um for like we're uh for a our radio program Mm -hmm. uh where we did like uh a uh, documentary style show basically on the um, uh, Golden Goal from the Winter Olympics kind of thing. Cause yeah. that had to be like focused on BC history. And then it's like that was scripted, that had interviews like prepped it ahead of time, like that sort of thing. Like it wasn't that was a very edited, like edited, scripted heavy, clip heavy podcast episode and it was only 15 minutes yeah exactly like it this was, is this is a very different type it was, of show. It was like is, it was like a radio doc to be yes. honest well welcome to well welcome to your first official like podcast. thank this you is, i'm excited to be here yeah and i'm excited to have you because yeah we're going to be talking a little bit of canuck stuff obviously you know there's not much canuck stuff to go over right now because the team is still not playing any games this it, it, it's, shout out to the ownership i mean for okay, that you know, well it's a little bit of everybody <laughs> like it's the nhl it's them it's the nhl not wanting to like lose more revenue than they've already gotten that's true uh there's just a lot it's there's a whole lot of people to <laughs> to blame here because like today was announced uh that the game tomorrow against the senators has been uh, postponed as well. So the, uh, the quote, the National Hockey League announced today, the Canucks game versus the Ottawa Senators Saturday, January the 8th, has been postponed due to current attendance restrictions caused by significant increases in COVID-19 cases in BC and the growing impact on hospitalization and the healthcare system. Blah, uh, long, but like long story short, um, like again, they could have gone forward with that game um just with the smaller crowd with the with the half capacity crowd they didn't want to like just for an example like the Vancouver Warriors of the National Lacrosse League play at Rogers Arena they're owned by the Canucks they're playing tonight at Rogers Arena right now uh in front of a half capacity crowd but there's other NHL teams still playing with half capacity crowds in Ontario I, I think even and Toronto Quebec, just I, wasn't even playing with fans at all. Like I don't think yeah, there's anyone in the building. They've for that restricted, last one. and I think Montreal is also restricted fans. If I don't know if they have any at all now, it's something like that. Like other teams, like here's the thing: you notice which teams are, you notice which teams aren't like hurting for money nearly as much, aren't like bleeding True. money hand over fist right now. Because like if you're like one of the things that Patrick Johnson of the province brought up not that long ago when it in specifically in relation to the Panthers game versus the Canadians, I believe last week might've, you know, I think it was earlier this week mm-hmm. where essentially uh, they probably should have canceled that game because the Canadians were basically playing an entire team made up of AHL guys. Oh yeah. And that's right. the Panthers had a few COVID cases on their team as well, but True. they didn't. And the, and what Patrick Johnson was alluding to, was that the Panthers for them? That game is one of the mo- biggest money making games of the year for them all season, and True. they can't afford to refund everybody. Especially, and there's a good chance that a lot of Canadians fans weren't going to come back for a rescheduled game. So That's they needed true. that. They needed that revenue, and the Panthers are a team that is very much uh, needs gate revenue to be to mm-hmm. make money. Uh, so that was like, and that was a big deal. So it was one of those things where it's like, hmm, you seem to be very picky choosy about which games get postponed and which games don't specifically yeah. based in who needs the money the most. And in the Canucks case, I don't love finding out that they need, that they're so desperate for revenue that they can't play games at half capacity. That's a little concerning. Because half capacity is still 9,000 fans. Still a lot of money. Yeah, that's still a lot of money because that's pretty much like season ticket holders and a few single ticket holders as well uh but also going to your point about that the canucks 
were playing in the past few games Easter, like the one that got postponed on Wednesday was against the Islanders and the one postponed tomorrow is against the Senators. So those are both like Eastern Conference teams and they're not as big of money makers. Ottawa, yes, is a Canadian team. So we do get more revenue from uh, Senators fans, but they also postponed. Well, they also postponed the Leafs game too, and that, that's, well, that's, that's a, big a one. huge money maker for them. That and that the Canadians, Canadians those are two, like the two biggest money maker yeah, games. Those two them. games for sure make like are the ones that sell out the easiest. And I would assume that probably down the line, the Kraken Canucks games are going to be in that mix as well. Oh, 100%. Because like in the same way that a lot of Vancouverites travel to Seattle to see Mariners like Blue Jays games, I think you're going to see mm-hmm. uh, the same thing with the Canucks and Kraken where both teams fans kind of are invading each other's arena every time they play each other. Like, I think that's just going to be part of the deal. Um, 100%. But yeah, for now, it's just a case of they're not going to play. They're and they're not playing any games in Vancouver for the foreseeable future. The Canucks today, we're talking about how they're the team itself does not sound happy. They're frustrated. Yeah, and it's 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 again, it's one of those things where it's out of their hands. It's probably out of Jim Rutherford's hands as well because yeah. he's not the one paying the bills in this in this particular case. So it's more up like, to the ownership and the league than, itself. Yeah, exactly. And again, it's frustrating for the players when you're seeing other teams continuing to play games. Like there were two on tonight. Like there are not. There are clearly not mm-hmm. as many games on right now as there normally are because of yeah. how many games are getting postponed across the league. Mm-hmm. But in the Canucks case, it's not a situation. It's a situation where they could have played because yes. they were healthy. Like they have a healthy group. Well, except for Elias Pettersson from right now. And yes. I believe a couple other. There guys was one that tested protocol. positive today. Oh, Chase on tested positive today. Yeah, that's right. That happened so today there's Chase on and Pettersson. And I think a couple others, like I think Besser is just coming out of protocol. But and his the, road back has been a little weird just yeah. because of how uh, he got he tested positive in the states while they were on the road, and so, so did Dickinson as well, and Dickinson as well, and and uh, Justin Dowling I think was also in that mix as well. So they that's harder ones. for them, but still they have a decently healthy roster. Like they're not as dwindled as the Canadians are per se. So I think they see that and they're like, well, we have a roster. Yeah, Can we not play in front of fans? And the Senators like, were having COVID issues, but they have since, like, I believe they've since recovered mostly from it. Yeah, because they had so an outbreak earlier. Yeah, they, they had, had an a, outbreak way earlier than every other team. They were one of the first with the biggest outbreak. Yeah, and they just and, and it kind of took out a lot of their team. Like, in the mm-hmm. Canucks case, they've been in a weird spot where mostly the guys who are getting COVID are guys who weren't here last year. So they weren't part of the big one that just kind of walked, that, like, just ran through the whole team while they were... um while they weren't vaccinated right now they're they're all vaccinated mm-hmm. it's kind of a little bit of a okay it's a one guy every other day like two guys yeah it's cha- chase on today and then yeah that's uh and then uh and then dickinson's still in protocol Pedersen's in protocol yeah it's, is besser out of protocol yet besser i believe is out of protocol okay. i believe he is and he he's is back in the team at this okay point. Or at least he, or he's at least on his way back to Vancouver. I think it's something like that. He might, you know what he, you know what happened? Sorry, Patrick Johnson, I believe, brought, brought it up that he is back in Vancouver, but he still has to quarantine for like another five days. He was just able to come back. That oh, was the okay. Main thing. I it, mean, do you think then with that, when do they leave? They their first game is next Wednesday, I believe, on the road trip. Oh yeah, I think he'll so. Be back he'll by be. Then. He should be back by the road trip. If not, he would join the team. Exactly on the road. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I just look at that as like, you know, it, it is what it is, but like for the players, it, it must, it is frustrating for them that they 100%. Have, that instead of going from a situation where you were going to play probably, you know, you're going to play at least like say five games at home in the last little stretch mm-hmm. here, suddenly you're facing a, a, a situation where you're going to have played at least um at least like eight games or uh if i'm if i've got my math correct here like eight games straight on the road and that's it could be more because the panthers come to town on the 21st uh followed by the blues and the oilers i don't believe that they've postponed any of those games yet it's just been the first ones uh but then you go back but you go back to yeah it's gonna be oh so like the it's gonna be by the end of it i believe it's actually technically 10 games uh, a 10 game yeah, order, 10 it was, games straight on the it road was San, it was uh one game against the sharks uh and then plus the two against plus uh anaheim la and seattle uh earlier uh seattle last week yeah. and then uh so those four and then another five on the road so you got nine games in a road and straight on the road no, uh 
Look at the yeah nine. sharks and then the two at the end of the year. Yeah, t- nine. It's still nine because oh, okay. it's uh because there's only they're they're going on a five game road trip right now. Unless a ga- if a game ha- unless a oh game has been yeah it's not safe. rescheduled in that time. So right now the Canucks are not slated to play again until the eleventh. Uh, in Florida against the uh one of the league leading Panthers teams. Yeah. Uh, as well as Tampa and Carolina, Carolina. also in the top four. Uh, yeah. and then uh, Washington, who I believe is number one in the entire league right now, Unless and I'm... they have Alexander Ovechkin, who this season has become a scoring machine. Right. So he's always been a scoring yes, machine. but this season everyone didn't he's think... just defying age yeah, at this he's, point. Yeah, exactly. He's actually he's insane. defying all log- all all science of age and what it tells us. Um, yeah, Who right. Close out against on the road trip. The, I don't so remember. They close out. Gee, I didn't. Yeah. Is so, it that? Islanders? It is the Predators. They play oh. one game in Nashville oh. against the Predators, who are also leading their division. Yeah, so Predators are pretty good. The, so the Canucks. So, so yeah, to recap, the Canucks are going on a five are slated to go on a five game road trip, where they will play all five team five teams that are all in the top eight of the NHL, including the top three teams in Tampa, Carolina, and Florida, Washington, and number five, and then Nashville at eight. Like, yay! That's insanity. <laughs> now. Here's the thing. You can kind of maybe look at this as a good thing, like for the Canucks, like this might actually swing in their favor a little bit. The fact that, yeah, they're going to have a bit of a layoff, but since it's not, again, it's not a case of the whole team being decimated by illness and injury. Like they pretty much have a solid team. They have a mostly, like a, a pretty darn healthy team. Yeah. And you could look at it as a case of, oh, by the time the Canucks get to the 11th, they're going to be very rested. Most True. of the group is going to, the majority of your team is going to be pretty darn rested and ready to go. So exactly. you can kind of look at it as a case of, yeah, it's 10 games in the row on the, in a row on the road, but you are nine games on the road, but they're going to be so like, like, um, at a hundred percent compared to some yeah. of these other teams that have been playing the whole time that they might be more ready to go than some of those other teams. They might be That's able to. True catch a few of these other teams by surprise in, That's the, true. in the later in the like the, the first parts of this road trip like i look at that florida game and that tampa game like i've watched a lot of florida panthers games this year in particular because they've been really good and also i like yeah. the panthers uh judging by the fact that uh for christmas i ended up with a roberto luongo jersey i cannot can i get a zoom in on that no i can't but uh i finally got a roberto luongo jersey it only took me it only took me 15 years to finally get a Luongo <laughs> jersey, and I finally have it. It's a pan- It's a beautiful Panthers jersey, by the way. Those jerseys are awesome. They're we really, really show. nice, to be yeah. honest. It, they're really nice. They I have one I of the best jerseys in the league, in I, my here, opinion. Here's the thing. I don't like the shield on the front. Like, here, I can maybe, like, pull it off the shelf, but I don't like the... I don't like the shield logo they're using on the front of the jersey right now. Like I, I would yeah. prefer that they were using that old Leaping Panther or like the modernized version of oh, it on yes, the yes, front. Yes. If they did, literally, if they made just that change on that jersey, it would be the the best jersey in the NHL, probably. Fair enough. Like it would be uh, maybe not the best, but it's up there, like yeah. very much up there. The only reason it's not is because I'm not a fan of the shield on the front. Fair. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I just look at the Canucks as a potentially like. They're in a spot where, yeah, they can maybe take advantage of a few teams, especially like teams are not going to be as like surprised at the Canucks being good as they might have been a few weeks, like a few weeks back uh, when they were just when they had just hired Bruce Boudreaux. But the Boudreaux boost is a known thing now. So, oh, 100%. It's not, I, I, but so it's a question of, I don't know about what you think here, Ange, but like, do you think that, do you think that the, uh, understanding of what the Boudreaux boost is now to some teams is going to be enough to like keep them from taking the connect from like taking the Canucks too lightly. Or do you think they'll look at the fact that the team is like, hasn't played in a while and everything and kind of have put that out of to the side and forgotten about it. I think you have to take both into consideration in a fact, because like, yes, Teams are going to be like, oh, well, they're rested. Like, they haven't played for a while. But that also might, like you said before, might be, like, to some teams be like, oh, they're really well rested. And some teams might come off a back-to-back or have played a bunch of games, like, right before and the Canucks haven't. So that's a good thing. But also, like like you said, the Boudreaux Bruce is a real thing. I don't – they have got a point in every single game they have played since Bruce Boudreaux was hired as the head coach of the Canucks. 
Yeah. The only game they lost was in a shootout to the Kings, and they still got a point. Yeah. So they have not lost. They have not like lost a game without any points, like in regulation. Nine game points straight yeah. since Bruce got hired. Early, so, early December. Which again, like we're like a little bit of an asterisk on that, just because of how many like pauses there have been in there. Like in terms of like not a true. not an asterisk on the record, an asterisk on how long it's been, because it'll be like, oh my god, a month and a half they haven't lost a game. Technically true, but also, like, they haven't played a month and a half's worth of games. Like, it's been, like, or, like, a month's yeah. worth of games. They've played, like, three quarters or, like, half a month's of ge- worth of games just because of all the weird COVID stuff. But, yeah, That's like, under, but, like, the fact that they've been able to turn that into, like, sustainable momentum has been, like, good. Like, it's been good to see that from that front, that they're playing with that confidence again that they didn't have before. That's absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Um. Also, going to the schedule notes, just as, like, kind of uh like a note i know in bc because i know they don't want to play with like half capacity restrictions right i know in the province that technically restrictions are supposed to end as of january 18th so and they don't play a home game they're not scheduled to play a home game until the 21st i believe so yep 21 if the government doesn't put any more restrictions in place depending on numbers and such they will be able to go to half capacity Sorry, full capacity as of January 18th. So if they are allowed, I do not think they'll have postponed games unless their whole team gets an outbreak of COVID. But I feel like at this point, they've been so do it. Like, I feel like the Canucks haven't had like a major outbreak like the Flames had where everyone got sick at the same time. They've more had a dwindling outbreak. So like few players got COVID and then they quarantined and then a few more players got COVID and they've it's been more like just a few at a time so i still think they'll be able to play fingers crossed they oh are yeah. I'm, not, I'm not i'm not so much i don't think i'm worried about that at all like i yeah. think the canucks will play games yeah. as long as they're going because again i think if you already look at how capacity. many you already look at how many guys have gotten COVID already on this team Mm-hmm. Like in that time, in this time frame, like a decent amount. Mm-hmm. I don't see it like continuing for that long. Like I'd be, I'd be very surprised if like they were still technically dealing with the same COVID outbreak, like that started back in mid December yeah. all the way into like yeah, the end no. of January, I where it's just going done. one at a, where it's like going to one player at a time. Like that just feels like that wouldn't happen. Like it feels a little too. Yeah, I yeah. think they're not. It's more just going to be capacity issues. It's going to be. Can they have full capacity come January 18th, or are they still going to be at half capacity for who knows how much longer? Which, honestly, like, look, I think if I think I'll say this though, I think if I think if they're still at half capacity by the 21st, I, 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 I think the I think the Canucks like ownership would want to like uh, to, to postpone more. But I think at some point the league would put their foot down, and be like, "No, we can't keep. We you already have too many games to make up in, yeah. the, in the February like month we that we're not going don't to. Have we don't have much time for you. Yeah, no, you're gonna have to play. Like that. I think that will be the. I think that That's will. True. I think that will eventually play in. Like I don't look at them. I I would be stunned if they were if the league was like, no, we we still we're still have time to make up these extra three games. One of which is against an Eastern conference team. Like that's probably yeah. tra- doing a Western Canada road trip, like playing Edmonton and Calgary at the same time. Like yeah. there's uh, no, I think, I think at that point, the NHL probably puts their foot down and goes, okay, like exactly. we can't, we can't postpone anymore. You don't have the time to do it. We're going to have to, we already have to play. I believe at least, uh, seven or eight games in february that weren't scheduled before we there's a lot and a lot of those are east teams they're not just division and lo- teams. and and there's already and that's already not in, and that's not even including the fact of how many things how difficult it's going to be to find like rink time in travel that, time in that in that like because of how many arenas um they've already talked about like how many arenas had stuff like concerts booked. and stuff booked because mm-hmm. they expected the teams to go to the Olympics, so they left those dates open. So exactly. they booked, so they so other acts were coming in and planning to take those days. So now they're they don't have as many. I mean, there's already and already like some other teams are looking at different scenarios. Like um, one thing that came up today, uh, unrelated to the Canucks, was the Jets are actually looking at the idea of moving some of their games to the Saskatel Center in Saskatoon because they don't have co- because they don't have an arena restriction. So they might move games 
so there there was like a Fair there was enough. like a poll there was like a, a season ticket poll I think it was or like a, like they're pulling season ticket holders on what they would want and one of the things I think that got a lot of and I guess one like the the, the most interesting thing out of it was that fans wanted them to maybe move games to Saskatoon so that they could go see the games there in full capacity which is prop which here's the thing i don't think skirting around covid restrictions is a good idea i think that just makes things more dangerous yeah but like i i saskatchewan doesn't have an nhl team though so that's also another thing too is like people who live in saskatchewan and can't go to gate like other provinces to see games or the u.s to see games that would give them an opportunity to see games so that's kind of cool but you're right like i don't think skirting around restrictions is the right way to go also you have to factor in or oh so it actually has changed it has changed since then there was a it, it was that they were asking thursday it has already been updated to say that this won't happen it won't um, happen okay the, the team has announced it won't be moving home games out of its home province but that was that was a consideration and at the same time like also i think i have to imagine like in the jets case right because they they don't own the sask the sask tell center in yeah. saskatoon so they wouldn't get the gate revenue necessarily from that, or it'd be like one of those things, like, or at least not all of it. Whereas in the building that they own, when they own empty or whatever it's called now, Canada life center. Oh yeah. They changed it. Um, that won't be like the, they don't, they get the full hundred percent of revenue from that because it's a privately owned building that they have full control over. Whereas, you know, that in that case, they're not doing, they're lose, they're still going to lose a lot of money. They're probably just, but they're going to be able to play in front of a full venue. It's pro- at the end of the day, yeah, no. Skirting around the COVID is- the COVID stuff is not a good call. Just no. you just got to wait it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I I think that they should at least in the Canucks case, they should have they should be just they playing should the games play by the twenty first. Yeah, they should be playing at half capacity now. I think like by the twenty first, like I feel like like you said, the league's going to put its foot down and be like, you're going to play half cap, no cap full cap whatever it one is. thing i'm noticing on this cbc article about the whole um saskatel saskatel thing was on third was the sentence on thursday night the harlem globetrotters spread game world tour was at the venue and was well attended <laughs> why is that so funny to me is it just the fact that they kind of made it sound like they're spreading the, the disease of game game being basketball in this case that's a very they're very much weird, promoting another sport here that's a very weird uh that's a very weird tour like name for your tour harlem globetrotters um that is um one other canucks thing there is some other canucks stuff to talk about like uh, obviously besides outside of COVID, like there are a few other things the big one being right now that there has been rumors of the canucks being interested in potentially trading yaroslav halak that has been coming up mm-hmm. because um the canucks are in I don't, I don't know if you're aware of this but the canucks uh the the, the, the canucks that uh jim rutherford inherited from a certain other gm Certainly, you can't even say the name. No, no. Why should that I? That era is why should over I? Why should I? Why should I give him? Why should I talk? Say that name? It just yeah. Makes me, it that just, just makes gives me him cringe. credit. It for... just makes me cringe. Um, sure we're left in cap hell, and <laughs> what a what what a good statement and what a true statement. Yeah, very. Yeah, exactly. It's accurate. Yeah, they, they left entirely in cap hell. Um, yep. and. One of the issues coming up right now is the fact that Yaroslav Halak uh, has currently, who currently has a cap hit on the team of 1.5 million, um, is nearing a is nearing uh, his performance bonus uh, achievement, which is that essentially that if he plays 10 games in, in his contract, if he plays 10 games, uh, the Canucks have to pay him an additional 1.25 million. I believe oh is God. the correct number. Now. That's that, not a lot. It's not. But a, it's still. not. A, it's not a lot of money, really. In the in like, if it were just about the actual cash itself, like, who cares? Yeah. But the problem is that that also factors into the cap hit. Yeah. And the Canucks, as they are right now, uh, have do no not, cap. Do not have the cap hit to take that. So what happens in that case is that any money that you are over, you're allowed to be seven percent over the cap, which wouldn't be, uh, which. Uh, it wouldn't bring which, us over that. It wouldn't bring us over that. But the other the thing is that when you go over the cap, regardless of how much percentage it's by, um, you have to that comes out of next year's bill instead. So it's a yeah. cap. You you basically get a recapture penalty of one point two five million next year. So the Canucks are in a position where he has played eight games because uh, it's not starts. It is 
any game, anytime. So you, anytime any, you had to come in for Demko. Yeah, which has only been once this year. He's yeah. only had to come in relief, come play in relief once. That was when we got actually embarrassed. But yeah, that's that's we're not going to talk about that. But uh, yeah, that was in the before time. Um, yeah, the uh, before time. Yeah, the bef- the before the before Boudreaux era. Um, uh, it, and yeah, the Canucks are in a spot now where they kind of have to look at the. They already kind of have to look at the idea of trading him because they they can't have that on their books next year. They just can't. Yeah. They cannot have another 1.2. They can't have 1.25 million going to someone who's no longer on their team. Exactly. Like, Cause he's not going to be here after this year. No, he's no hundred percent. No. Um, and as much as I like Halak, like I love Halak actually as a backup goaltender. Like he's been getting like he, it started rough for him, Yeah. but he's gotten very, like he's improved a lot. His numbers are actually quite good. If you look at his mm-hmm. numbers uh, during his Canucks games, he's just had the misfortune of playing in a few of the games where the Canucks have not been scoring, and he's gotten very little run support in a lot of those exactly. games. Like the last game against the Kings is the la- the last the only Canucks loss of the Bruce Boudreaux era in that shootout, and he had thirty something saves. Like he was the only reason they got to a shootout at all. He was fantastic in that yeah. game. Yeah, they just didn't. They couldn't score goals for him. No, and and. With Halak, there has been, I guess there's been, you know, there's been the discussion of, well, he's probably one of the guys that you actually can get some trade value for. And I yeah. actually went and explored that in a Canucks Army article because I was, I was interested to see what kind of, um, uh, what kind of like returns and like what teams would actually be interested in picking up because goaltending is often a very set in stone deal. That's true. And it was, and, uh, you know, uh, my editor, David Quadrelli, he basically was like, you know, he was like, you know, hey, can you look into this? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And I just give a subtle shout out to quads there. Of I do. Of course, friend of the show, <laughs> quads, um, skating buddy, quads. Um, it, we so like I looked into it and I kind of brought in a few team. I brought I brought three teams to the table. The big issue with the big issue with Holak and why it's going to be very hard to trade him is because again, because thanks to the uh, thanks to the just great great negotiation negotiating <laughs> power of the last guy <laughs> the, the past he, era yeah he GM. has a he not only does he have that massive performance bonus yeah. he also has a no move clause a full no move clause so oh, you are lovely. basically stuck he holds the hammer uh, any whole any deal halak doesn't want he can say no to essentially lovely and the way that the canucks and obviously the way the things are going for the Canucks, like you, you can't play Demko forever. Like eventually you're going to have to go to a backup to give him a night off, especially if they're in the playoff hunt, because if he plays pretty much every game until playoffs and they make the playoffs, he's so burnt out that he's not going to be good. And they're just going to flop because he honestly is what He's like now, well, not as now, much anymore, but like, yeah, for but sure. he definitely yeah. holds the team together. Yeah, no, if he, if if Halak or Demko, sorry, is not like in is not healthy, like and cannot play mm-hmm. at the same pace that he is, the Canucks are going to be in trouble because they are very much a team mm-hmm. that with the way that their defense is, they're reliant on their goaltender to be as good as possible every single night. Yeah. So the way I'm looking at it from the Canucks perspective is okay. If you trade Halak, it's got to be quick. Like it's got to be sooner rather than later. And frankly, that's the best way to do it. Even if you, there was no performance bonus to look at in in any case. That's true. Because deadlines always harder to move players. It is. Yes, exactly. It is always harder to move players at the trade deadline because that's when everybody's trying to move players. Exactly. And sometimes that means there are going to be better players available. Like in Halak's case, like Halak is a very good goaltender, like has name recognition. But he's 36. He's an older guy. There's yeah. going to be other options out there, other younger, better options out there at the at the trade deadline itself that you mm-hmm. can't that you can't risk trying to sell Halak yeah. around that time too because it's going to diminish his value. Mm-hmm. If you right now you have time on your side in that sense that if you get something done soon, mm-hmm. you could theoretically have it figured out, like have that dealt before the trade deadline even becomes an issue yeah that makes sense and then another team's on the hook to pay that money right yeah um so but obviously that's the other thing like well any team that's bringing him in is basically guaranteeing they're gonna have to pay three million dollars because they're going to play him twice in the next four 50 something games or like 45 games right yeah they're gonna play him twice so it, so it needs to be a team that has enough cap space to afford that but also can take on a goaltender 
and where Halak would want to go. Yeah, there's so either, many factors. Either that, or a team that is desperate enough for goaltending help and believes that they're close enough to a Stanley Cup that they need a bona fide goaltender now, and they don't care what money that costs, kind of thing, at no expense, kind of thing. Where like they're like, oh yeah, cap penalty next year, that's fine. And they do it anyway. Do you like, think the Oilers would? Just out of curiosity, because the, Oilers, the Oilers have would. never had goaltending. I feel like, and they still don't have goaltending, but they have like they well, they don't. Their defense isn't great, but they have the scores to get them. Yes, farther. I think the Oilers, the Oilers. So I think everybody was saying the Oilers, like that was the main one, because particularly mm-hmm. because there was the whole thing this week where Mike Smith has been terrible. Yeah, Miko Koskinen has, has been, been terrible. terrible, and then Miko Koskinen basically went on to it, talked to like on a uh, to a a Finnish newspaper. Oh, like, I saw and was something like, about it's that. Not, and basically was like, I don't think it's fair that I'm getting blamed. I can't score goals, uh, which on one hand, I, is I fair. get, but with one hand, totally fair. But also, you were bad in those games. You didn't help them. It's, it's, you're not Thatcher Demko. It's not like with Demko where you're stealing the, sh- where you're like stealing the show every and keeps single them night in them. and you're still losing. Yeah. It's, you are just as bad as your non-scoring teammates. So you don't get to complain. No. You are just as bad. Like, like if this were Demko not, and he talked like, to a paper, he has every right yeah. to complain because oh he makes like 40 saves a game and the Canucks just can't score for him. Well, yeah. that in That's the past shame, era, yeah. but yeah. It, yeah. But like I just Koskinen think, has Kos- only made like Koskinen 20 saves a game. Hasn't been very good. And so you can't just leave it up to your teammates to score like seven goals a game and get by giving up five goals. It doesn't work like that. In, in particular, the funniest part is the game. The game that he's referring to is one against the Rangers where he literally gave the puck behind the net to a Ranger. And I remember Ranger that. Put it in the empty net. Yeah. Because it's like. Yeah, no, you don't get to complain. Like I, you your, did that. Your coach was mad for a re. Like your coach definitely should have blamed your lack of scoring as well. But it's still your fault that they were ended up tied. Like you were at like the nearing like regulation. Like come on, that interview was so good. It was though, very funny. I, 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 because I the he really, he really was like honest with the media and was like, "Yeah, our goaltending sucked pretty much." But then he walked it back, and it was like, "Yeah, uh, yeah you like you should have just left it there." <laughs> And I think a lot of more, a lot of people would have appreciated it a lot more for what it was than you backfiring and be like, oh, never mind, or try to cover it up or make it better. But no. Yeah, it was a whole, it was a whole deal. Anyway, <sighs> the Oilers are one of those teams that is so desperate to get to the playoffs because That's of how so true how disastrous this season has like, well, how disastrous the era has been for them and how badly they're playing now. And despite having literally two of the top three players in the entire world on their team right now. Like yeah. that's unacceptable. You should be making the playoffs every single year and being the best team out there and crushing everybody in your path. And you're not able to do that partially because you have, you're you've not building a to, team around you've them decided at all. To build, you, you've decided you, yeah, you haven't built a team. You have built them a bunch of anchors that they have to pull to, yeah. that they, they, they have to pull a rock up the, up a hill and hope it goes Honestly. well. And yeah, the, the Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen are goal to, as a tandem. I, I think, anyone could have told you was a mistake to go back to yeah. again and they did it anyway and yeah now it's really coming back to bite them i think edmonton is desperate enough that they might give it a try i but i think out of any team that is the one that halak would be like no i'm not playing i'm not yeah. gonna be i'm not taking yeah. a trade to edmonton like because edmonton would screw him over well, it's not even that. That's it's just that why would it's that if you have the power to move yourself to any team in the league, why would why you would go to you, Edmonton? Why, why would you go to let alone Edmonton? Why, like, not even like just to take like, not even like I'm not going to not even the city, but like, why would you go to the team that consistently underperforms? Like, and yeah. consistently has some of the most pressure and puts you in the weird in the yeah. worst spots possible. when you play in front of a when you're like backing like when you're goaltending a player on the team mcdavid plays on there's that adds a whole element of pressure because he is so good and dry settle too where you feel like you have to be so good so then they can give those guys a chance especially yeah you're it's an it's not a real win-win situation no. for you whereas the other two teams that i talked about in that article that I think are in particular are actually more likely to go for it, to go for to to get a deal done with. Then this is not based on in, intel or anything. This is just based on my own kind of taking Opinion. a look at team at the teams around the league. Yeah, I would say one team to look at 
the the main the main team to look at is Vegas and the other one is Colorado. The reason I say those two in particular is because in Vegas's case they're in a team they might be in the lead in their division, but the goaltending has been not good for them. No. Like it's been okay, but not good enough. Yeah. Uh Robin Leonard has not done as well this year as I think they were hoping, especially after trading mm-hmm. Flurry. Oh yeah. Uh, and uh Laurent Brassois has not been like no. not been decent enough as a backup. No. And they I look, need Halak to be a back. They with they need Halak, Halak to be a one B, which yeah. he can be, I think. Like yeah. in the right situation, I think 100%. he could be. I think in the Canucks case, he's in a spot where the defense isn't good enough for him to be a one B. Vegas has a good defense though. The Vegas has a very good defense, exactly. So I think I think and I think the thing is here, right? The the, the main issue with Vegas, of course, is that they don't have any cap space at all. Like if the Canucks don't have cap space. The Knights don't have cap space, and Especially then Especially because of the Eichel deal, because he's yes. not even hitting the cap yet. But as soon as he steps on that ice, that yeah. cap is $10 million. It's $10 million less. They, 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 the Knights already have to find a way to get rid of $10 million off their books, which sounds like that would make, okay, Halak, that's impossible. They're not going to take Halak yeah. on for that case. The thing that I think is the why I think they would go for it anyway is because I think the Knights, the Knights if there's one thing that they've shown, over the last like five years of their existence, yeah, it's that they will do anything to go for it, and they will do any. They will, they will look at every situation as we can have our cake and eat it too. Like I see, absolutely. Them, they, when they like, I always go back to the Petrangelo thing, where they basically yeah. had it signed. They had that contract with him already done, signed, and essentially signed and delivered before they had made a trade, knowing full well that that was going to mean that they were going to have to take a loss trading somebody else just yeah. to fit, just to free up the space for him, which yeah. ended up being the Canucks taking on Nate Schmidt. And- Who would you get rid of if Vegas were to take on Yaroslav Halak and then Jack Eichel comes back and like for Capsies, well, who would, okay, for just looking at Halak like, so, then, who would you trade then or, and, or like, how would you for cap space well, if you were the Knights? Well, say if I'm Jim Rutherford here, if I'm Jim Rutherford, cause you're trying to like, you're going to try to hold him a little bit to the fire a bit here. Not too much. Cause you do need to get Halak moved. I yeah. think Halak would be happy to go to Vegas. Like, I think he would love, I Vegas think that's a, a yeah, absolutely. So immediately. So the immediate starting point is, okay, you're taking back Brassois which means that you're taking on a not as good goaltender who is technically right now has a higher cap hit than Halak because he's making 2 yeah. million, but year over year, that's less than three than the close to 3 million that he'd get. If you had to give off the before, give the performance bonus. True. So there probably still have to be a case where somebody on your taxi squad or something has to get dropped back down or something like that. Like a, a, a higher paid player, yeah. maybe like a, I mean, Travis Hamonic kind of seems like the odd man out at this point. Maybe that's where I you don't end up. mind that though. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people do at this point. Mm-hmm. But like, that's what has to happen essentially to bring in Brassois, which I and for two years at a guy with no without a no a no trade clause. In theory, you could probably flip him to somebody else if you wanted to. After, like, yeah, even Be- before trade deadline, or, depending when you get the deal done. Heck, you could even send him to the AHL. Bring up Mikey DPHOR or Sealobs if you wanted to instead. As I would, like, I would not, almost prefer that well, in a way go. because yes, I feel like D- well DPHOR. I feel like they would move up Silva. I think Silobs, Silobs, yeah, yeah. I feel like they would move him up first, but it depends, right? But also that gives them the experience of being in the HL. But you have to look at their development if you down. They're good in enough to be a regular Abby. backup because they yeah. still have that. You'd have to look at their development and starts. if. Yeah, you'd have to look at their development and see if they're even ready to be able to do that. Yeah, and I know Cody has talked about before that he does not, he's not liked what he's seen from Mikey DiPietro this year. It's been a rough year for him. Yeah, I, I don't think, think he would come up. has fared a bit better. Yeah. Um, but either way, it's a question of do you feel they're NHL ready to not to play regular NHL games because you'd still have to do that uh, as a backup to Demko because he can't play every game. That's true. So I think immediately you start off with like that. It's a, it's the Brossois, Brossois for Halak. You can easily you, it is much easier to deal a a Laurent Brossois elsewhere if you have to than it is with Halak because of Halak's no move and everything else that comes with it. Yeah. Um, and in particular when it comes to next year. So, cause he is on, cause he would still have one more year on his contract. Uh, mm-hmm. whereas Halak has obviously done it this year. The thing is the Knights to make that money work would still have to send you another guy. And mm-hmm. that's where it gets interesting because they have a lot of guys who don't make a lot, who don't make an insane amount of money in the bottom I line. I have who an could idea. Be very decent. 
Wait, uh, you looking at forwards or defense? Forwards in particular, because I think mind. they're defensive. <laughs> I know exactly who you were thinking of. Absolutely <laughs> no Ben Hutton. Um, but why not? Because he's not good he's enough. He's not that bad. He's not good enough. He's not that. You, but you could get more. But you could here. get more for you could get more for Halak. Let's put it yes, that way. You could get you more can. for Halak than on a second. But go let's around be honest. Let's be honest, though. Ben Hutton is a world better than Tucker Pullman. I mean that yeah, but that's like okay, but that's like that's like <laughs> I, I had to bring that up because honestly, like when you look at our defense and Tucker Pullman being a starter on the that's defense, like saying Ben Hunt like, is that's better. Like being proud of a snail for being faster than a turtle. Like that's like that's nothing. That means nothing. I will defend Hutton till the grave. I I know I, you I, will. I will always defend he's him. He's fine, but he like he's okay. But like you could get more for you in this particular scenario, you could get more for Holak. That's that. true. And I think the way that you look at what the the knights have to offer, all like especially once you factor in, you know, the the cost mm-hmm. of everything. I think you could especially with the fact that Ben Hutton's 28. That's like, true. There he's are much older. younger options available to you that That's you could true. go after. Like I look at a guy maybe like this is kind of this is out this is a a hard sell mm-hmm. but like if you wanted a defenseman maybe you look at like a guy like i don't know Zach Whitecloud like that would bring in money next year like and that He's also finish. young and he's also like developing to be a really good That's, NHL defenseman. Now, that is very much dreaming big and probably very, very, very unlikely. So I'm not gonna I wouldn't say that's my main call, but I would look at like well, right I'm looking at the case of like, okay, like they have, you know, maybe you could bring in something like a like a Nicholas Waugh or something. You seven yeah. making seven fifty a year. So Michael they're not Amadio. they're not big cap hits and they're also yeah. decent players. You don't need to bring the thing with this particular you don't need trade a star. is you're already get is you don't need to bring in a star. You just need some younger guys who can come in and maybe chip away a little bit yeah and the, and the knights do have a large glut of players who are on the younger side and can sh- and have shown that they can contribute at the nhl level on a regular True. basis because the knights seem to be very very good at getting at finding those guys they're good at like almost like developing guys yeah and so i look at this as like a case of where they could easily do that where they could easily yeah. where the canucks could easily get a young prospect or like a or maybe not a prospect but like a younger player Mm-hmm. And the back and Laurent Brassois out of this deal. Like Brassois is kind of just the throw in, like because you have to. Yeah, you have to because you need another goaltender. The, the real meal ticket is that extra guy, and you get rid of the cap and you getting rid of the Halak, the cap hit, the Halak bonus, and everything with it. And I think you could get that done. And I look at again. I think with the Knights, like they very much would look at it as a case of our goaltending isn't good enough. We've gone a hundred percent all in this year. We're already going to have to dump a bunch of guys. Uh, the second Jack Eichel comes back or the second we're close to getting Jack Eichel back for True. very little. So we better make sure we have goaltending that can back it up because we're going to lose some depth guys pretty quickly here. True. So, and Halak can be yeah. that depth backup guy. Yeah, because the sec- the way the Knights are playing right now, the second you bring in Eichel and have to get rid of some really good guys to bring him in because mm-hmm. they're going to have, they're going to lose. Yeah. They're going to like, here's straight up, they're going to lose what they're going to lose probably at least two of like William Carlson, Jonathan Marcheseau, Riley Smith, Dadanoff, Petrangelo, Theodore McNabb, one of those they're guys. They're going to they're lose going one to or two. Lose two, probably two. Yeah. Um, and that's not even including the fact that like uh, Max Pacioretty as well. Like Max Pacioretty, you probably he could be two. an almost easier one to lose because he's older, but still it, yeah. it's a big hit. Alec Martinez, same thing. Like there's yeah. a lot of guys who, a lot of like, big name guys who you're probably going to lose to close for next to nothing because, because they're older Eichel. and because you need to make room for Eichel. Right. So you're, you're already going to have that problem. So you better hope your goaltending is good enough to get you through with the lat, with the suddenly not as strong forward core and, or not as like depth as deep core, forward core. So I think that they're a team to keep an eye on. The other mm-hmm. one is Colorado because their goaltending has been abysmal this year. I feel like they got well. T- Gruber hasn't been great with Colorado, oh, but I feel like they got atrocious. yeah. They, but they I feel like lucky. they kind of got lucky. They got lucky in, in that way. way, but also the guys they have that they thought were going to be better than they are have not been good. Yeah, the second they the reason they're only they're decent is because of Nathan McKinnon and Gabe Landeskog. I mean, Karantin and all the depth guys they have up front and on the defense like yeah. that's the only reason they're good the second and they're not even that good the second they signed the replacement was darcy as darcy kemper for me that like was bad. As, well no see here's the thing it's not bad on the surface because darcy kemper i think is a really good goaltender he's underrated it just the doesn't problem work. is the problem is that he was the only guy they signed 
And yeah. the way that the and if there's one thing that's been a huge issue for the Avalanche over the last however many years is that their goaltenders get hurt all the time, mm-hmm. and Darcy Kemper gets hurt. He regularly. has the worst he, he has history very of injuries. Bad injury luck. He yeah. is a he is an he are, you are guaranteed to have a deal with at least one Darcy Kemper injury a year, and yeah. that's not good. That's not and good. that's not great, especially when you've already had a history of running out of goaltenders. Like the year that they. The the bubble season, I think they 100 percent would have prob would have probably gotten to the Cup final had it not been that they were ended up going down to Michael Hutchison by the second round against Dallas. Literally, like they literally were on their fourth goaltender. Yeah, may, it might even it was, be fifth. Like they were they were they brought injured. a lot of goaltenders literally Grubauer to the bubble hurt, for this reason. Franco's got hurt. Um, there, uh, Pickard, um, the other, the, I uh, forget his name, the other guy, there was an, anyway, yeah. there were more, the other them. young guy also got her, who was their third string goaltender. Yeah. And then Hunter Miska, uh, I think was also in there. Uh, I think that might've been Michael the Hutchison guy. and then Hutchison. And it's like, well, of course they lost. They were down to their fourth goaltender who wasn't very good, Fifth. who couldn't like, who was having to do a whole lot more than, it, than he, than he, than he prepares to, or should have. Yeah. And uh, so the the Avalanche are a team that definitely needs it, and their their backup situation has been rough. Like Pavel Francouz has only played one game all year, and the one game he played, he had an eight eighty two. I feel for Francois though because he's good. Like he's de- he's a decent goaltender. I think this season has he's, been rough. Thirty one. Like yeah, I don't. He's older. I, I, I don't. He also has spent up. his whole career in the AHL, has he yeah. not? Yeah. So like, I, I keep thinking like, oh, you know, in a few years, he was know, good for one year, and now Brent he's not. Sosa's going to be pretty good, but then I and then I remember, oh, he's actually thirty. He's probably this is probably as good as he's going to be. Like not the eighty two. Yeah. I think he's a little better than that. Oh, That's true. a bit of a weird one, especially considering it's one game. So I'm kind of like wondering what the the deal is there. Um, yeah, true. It's just an it appears to be just an ankle issue for him or of something of some kind. But like, yeah, if you're the Avalanche, you absolutely need some goaltending help. Mm-hmm. And Halak might be your guy there. I, I think Halak's pretty durable. Like, I don't think he gets hurt pretty often. No. Uh, or at least not in the last few years. Maybe and when he was starting regularly, but uh like Vegas, Colorado has a really good defense that can help him out and yeah. back him up, unlike the Canucks do. Yeah. They, it is a case of like he a hundred percent. Like it's one of the for Colorado. I think they would be an easier team to get a deal done with because mm-hmm. they have more cap room. Oh yeah, not a lot more, but a little. But bit. they have a little bit more, and they're not in the crunch. Vegas is in the way of waiting for Eichel to come yeah. back and having to then move more players. Like I feel like exactly Colorado they're- can take like they have enough cap space, and then they don't also have to worry about down the road clearing more cap space. Yeah, they're in a spot where they can make where they can move, move around. Yeah, they can move some money around and not have to worry about, say, trading the farm to get uh to get to get bring in goaltending help. Yeah, but the Canucks and but the Canucks would still be in a spot where they could definitely take a guy to make the money where they would still have to take be like, OK, well, I'll have to take a guy to make the I was going to ask so. you because I was going to be like, do you think this would be a one for one or who would you take? As well with so Francois. Yeah. You're taking Francois. Francois, yeah. Uh, who only ha- who is only on his last year. So in then in you May- can just get another goalie for next year. And then yeah, and then you're and then you're off the hook there. Great, exactly. perfect, bingo. Then the other one is to make the money work. You maybe look at like uh, you're obviously not going to get a. There's a lot of defense. Like there's a lot of good defensemen that the Avs have, but they're not like Eric Johnson them. and Samuel Gerrard and. Bowen Byram. Bowen Byram. Love, if they want to give us Kale Bowen McCarr. Byram, Kale, or, I'll take Kale McCarr. Yeah, you know what? If they want to give us Kale McCarr, I'll take Kale all, McCarr. By all means. And Bowen Byram, I'll Kale take McCarr. I'll take those. You know, right defenseman, he'd fit quite well yeah. uh next year. He'd be to great. Years, oh, what a pairing. Kale McCarr and Can you bat that would be a dream come uh, true? But can, I don't think that can We could have we would have to trade with, so many players for them to happen. I mean, the Canucks would the Canucks would never would win five straight Stanley Cups with that defense. Um, yes, I think you have. I think you can, but I think in the Abs case, they're also like they're they're in a spot where they're almost maybe even more all in than the than the Knights are because oh, of the 100%. fact that a lot of their guys like Nazem Kadri. Uh, and uh, I believe there, there's a few of them. There's like a lot of guys who that are, are like uh, who have contracts, contracts coming up this year. And a lot um, of the guys are getting older too. Yeah, Burakovsky's like, coming up. Nichushkin yeah. comes up. Um, mm-hmm. They have a lot of guys uh, who are going to be UFAs next year. 
and Ryan Murray is going to be a UFA. Uh, Jack Johnson, but Jack, you don't want Jack we Johnson. We don't want Jack Johnson. Um, that would be or, just another yeah. Tucker Pullman on the team, and I'm not about to have yeah, that. Yeah, it's one of those, yeah. So with the Avs, they're a case where, like, you're definitely taking a younger guy, like a prospect who's still in, like, either the AHL or in junior. And they have plenty of those guys. And that's that's not even, like, that would be actually a good thing for the Canucks in a way. They send them to the AHL and then move some guys, whatever. And then that player can be a guy for them down the road next year or the year after, depending on the development and where he's at. Yeah. In theory, you could get a guy who's already kind of close, like where the cake's almost baked already. Kind of. Yeah, thing. so like an like, HL guy who's scratching at the, the door cusp. to come yeah. in. Yeah, like a, more like like a Jack Rathbone almost, like where yeah. he's like just about there, like he's yeah. just about ready to who's go. Who's maybe he's played a couple not, NHL games? He's but... just not ready to crack the Avalanche, who are a really good team. Exactly. Like that's, like that's but who could thinking. crack the Canucks? Yeah. So, and that's a I don't know enough about these prospects to say, but the I will say like Colorado, like just looking at the defense that's not already in like on the NHL team, like Justin Barron, uh, Nathan Clerman, Roland McKeon, uh, Jordan Gross, all are all like mo- mm-hmm. they're all righties. They're all righty defense, and we need right defensemen. And they need right defensemen help help defensive help very quickly. Desperately, um, there's not as many. There's not nearly as many at like the NHL level for them. Like on yeah. right D, like obviously it's guys who they'd never trade in a million years, like yeah. McCarr, like Eric Johnson, like yeah. the, like Sam Gerrard. Sam Gerrard, like all those guys are like I mean, maybe you could starters. You don't have five million dollars to Sam Gerrard. <laughs> I was again. Sammy G dream. is a great player, we but dream. we do not have the money for him, and Colorado would want a lot more than just Yaroslav Halak. For him. Right. I mean, maybe that comes part of the bigger deal. Like, maybe in a theory, like, you start with, like, a Halak Francois thing. But, like, in theory, maybe, like, not – I'm not saying, like, for Gerard, Gerard specifically. But, like, one of the younger for, guys, like, yeah. younger blue chip prospects, maybe it builds into something bigger. That yeah, you, you trade, like, prospect for prospect run. or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Or, like, an older guy. Because the Avs – the Avalanche are a lot closer than the Canucks for winning a Stanley oh, Cup. They've been duh. scratching at the door. Yes, but they've been scratching at the door for a few years now. And I think they're at the part where, like you said, they're more all in than Vegas because they're like, we want this. Because like you said, A, they have a lot of guys who have like, expiring contracts and they're not going to be able to sign them all. And a lot of these guys, like Johnson and stuff, are getting older. They're closer and so how to the much... end of their window than Vegas is. Exactly. Because Vegas is more built on young guys, whereas Colorado has a lot of like – late 20s early 30s guys where those guys are gonna like hit the end of their prime very very soon and and then there's also the whole thing of like in two years nathan mckinnon's incredibly team-friendly contract comes up and once you have to renegotiate that that's gonna be a struggle you're gonna be in a you're gonna be in a lot tougher of a cap situation so you might as well go for it now kind of thing exactly like in all those in those two cases it's a case of if you let it get to the trade deadline it's going to be too late. Oh, 100%. I, I mean, at that point, really, here's the thing. At that point, they've already paid out the performance bonus with Halak. That's already Yeah, because triggered. he'll 100% I don't know if necessarily, like, I, I, I don't know what the rules are in particular. Like, if you trade him after you've hit the 10 mark, does it still count on your cap? Or has it, it as long as it's, as long as it's put into the trade deal, can you still trade that? Like, I don't know, yeah. but like, we'll say we're, I'm, I'm arguing from the sense of like, let's, I would say that you kind of have to already make the deal early anyway, in this case, cause there's going to be more goalie options available closer to March. Mm-hmm. So I think your best bet is you try and talk to both of these teams now while you're still early, while it's still early and you make, and you get that deal done now before it's like gets to be too, like too late mm-hmm. in the year and more goalies are available. I think you could, yeah. I easily think Vegas and Colorado are the two teams that you should be looking at. I've heard Nashville, I've heard Nashville, I think as well, but I'm very much on like the train of like, I think Nashville knows that they're kind of in like a, Oh, house money kind of situation. Yeah. Whereas like Vegas and Colorado more have money to move, especially Colorado. They do have $10 million in cap space, the predators, but I don't think that, but, yeah, I think they're using that as a point of like, we don't want to get rid of anybody. Right? That's more of signing players. That's more of signing players. And that's more of a, if we are all in, we're going to go in and get somebody big, like, you know, yeah, like where we can like afford to lose. Like we don't have to trade as many people to like take on a bigger contract. Exactly. Um, I think, and I think for that, like, I think that just about wraps it up for this episode. Was there anything else we should mention before we get out of here today? I don't think so. I think no. that was pretty much everything with the Halak thing. 
when is the trade deadline? So I'm not 100 percent sure. I believe it's in March. Or, like early like March. Early. It's either in no. Like I believe February? it's either in late March or early April. Okay, so there's a lot of time. However, they still need to think about getting it done soon. Yeah. Especially with that bonus thing hanging over their head and only two more games to go before it takes effect. Yeah. That's that's pretty much where they are at right now. And they've got lots of time to figure that out because they're not playing games. So they'll have lots of time. So <laughs> yeah, that's they true. have a little bit of extra time to kind of figure out where they want and to Jim go. And Jim Rutherford there. has more time to like kind of make deals and kind of propose things and such. Yeah, like and to uh, get a feel for what uh what the can they can is, get and get. And also talk to Halak too, because like you said, he has that no move clause, so he has to approve anything that happens. Yeah, I think Halak is just in a position where it's like he wants to go to if he's gonna go anywhere, if he's gonna waive the no trade it's going to be to a team that's going to w- either going to win a cup or very close to or like is either close like yeah they're a cup contender or maybe there's a shot that he moves to a team that's just going to give him a lot of games but i don't think that like i, I don't think he wants to situation. win a cup so then in, if he wins yeah, a cup be, he retires i'd be stunned if i would be stunned if yarrow halak waived his no trade to go to like arizona or just the oilers they were gonna get well not not even there like i would say like you know, like Arizona, where they 100% need a goaltender, would Yarhalak would be an instant upgrade on everything they have. Yeah, he would literally play like, every game. He would literally play every game, but is he going to do that to go lose a bunch of games for the Coyotes? Yeah, no. Because no, the Coyotes no. have no depth in why front of them do that? whatsoever. Yeah, why would you do that? Why would you waste the rest yeah. of your, your season playing on a bad team for no reason, just because you're going to yeah. play a lot, right? Exactly. Like, no. he's If he's going to wave, it's going to be to a team that's really good in a in a yeah. position in a situation that he feels is most beneficial to him. And right now, based on what teams need and what teams like, it's a case of like, if like in Halak's case, right? Like he's not going to wave as likely. I would say he's not as likely to wave for a team where it's like, they've already got a very clearly set situation where he's going to play just as little games here as he, as he is. Cause he's on pace to play. I think the least amount of games uh, in the last, however many years, yeah. like even less than last year where he played 56 in the shortened season, he played only 18 games this year. And in an 82, he might only play that same number, right? For yeah. The so, like, it's a case of, like, you, you send him to a team like Colorado, like Vegas, where their goaltending hasn't been as superb, and they might be more likely to go to him on a regular basis just to see what he can do and what he can do with their defense. So I think that's a case where he's going to wave. Like, he would wave for Vegas. He would wave for Colorado. Yeah. He might not wave for a team like and, Edmonton. And thinking about it, too, like – with the trade, like obviously we'd get their backup back and then maybe another player, probably another player. And that backup, like, yeah, like you said, like both teams haven't had good goaltending all year, but we also have Ian Clark, who is one of the best goaltending coaches in the league. And so you can think about that as well and think maybe that will help whoever I, comes in. Yeah. I mean, it's it, hard for yeah. this season, but like, say they do stay. That could be something looking at down the road. Yeah, I think in Vancouver's case, it's mostly just about making sure you've got room for next year because there's going to be like yeah. Bessers contract coming yeah. up. Like there's going to be more. There's a like, few I contracts I think coming up, and you have goaltenders in your pipeline long term. Like I don't think they yeah. even like they I even... think any goaltender they're bringing in in this trade is just the all right he'll do for the for rest now. of the season. Because again, yeah. like you don't have to make the playoffs for this year to be a success the no. way it's going. Like it just mm-hmm. has to be like okay, we 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 clearly improved. We clearly moved out a bunch of money to prepare for next year when the team's going to be mm-hmm. probably a lot better. And that's what you're worrying about. Like yeah. any trade for the now is not a good call. Like you've mm-hmm. got to look at like trades for what's going to help you long-term. What's going to help yeah. you uh, in next year rather than the end of this year in the last 20 games. Where is that, the, where that other player in that trade comes in? Yeah, that's where that, that's where potentially getting. Where's the goaltender is just putting a bandaid over like what they need right now. It's just a small, like, yeah, just a small, like a little, just a piece of the puzzle they need right now that they can easily replace with another one. Yeah, easily. Exactly. And yeah, I believe that cuts it for this episode of the crease cast for this week. And it has been a pleasure. Uh, Where can people find you on uh, the internet? Uh, So Twitter, I am at Ange Mintz. And you'll put that in the car in the description yeah. or on the screen. Yeah. yeah. So Ange Mints on Twitter. And yeah. That's that's Twitter's Twitter's the main one. Twitter's, yeah. Twitter's main. Twitter's the main. Yeah. You can course. follow my journalism accounts, but they're very boring right now. So oh, I assume or AngelinaMints.com is my website. Go. So oh, you, you can check out some of my journalism want- work on there as well. <laughs> there you go. 
<laughs> and obviously Cody's not here, but if Cody were here, you he would tell you to go check out his work at ahlnuxharvest.com and check out his work and check him out on Twitter at Cody Sievertson as well as uh, at ahlnuxharvest uh, on Insta on Twitter and Instagram. When, as well. Where can they find you, Lachlan? That's a great question. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Lock in the Crease. You can find my writing work at CanucksArmy.com. And uh, lock. Oh, I no, I don't write it. No, I don't write it there anymore. Oh. No, no, I write full time at uh, CA. Um, and then uh, you can find. And then uh, if you enjoyed the show, make sure to give us a five star rating on and a thumbs up and a thumb on and a thumbs up on Spotify. Uh, yeah, we do. There are reviews now on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So that's and awesome. thumbs up and on YouTube. Thumbs up and hit that subscribe button. Give us smash that like button and that subscribe button on YouTube. Uh, uh, we really appreciate it. We're, I want to get us to 100 subscribers on the YouTube channel by the end of the year. So go do that. You can do it, people. Hit subscribe. Yes. <laughs> uh, you can also go check out if you really enjoyed the show. You can go check out our Patreon for one dollar and five dollar tiers. We do like some bonus shows. We do some little extra content. I'm actually. Uh, I may or may not be actually starting a new um, a column for Patreon people only. Uh, that might be that might be coming out this weekend. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, like something of that to keep the content flowing over there. And then obviously check us out on Twitter at the Creasecast and on Instagram at the Creasecast as well. Until next time, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back on Monday. Cody will be back on Monday as well. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.